Happy Monday. Let's do it. There to get us started with. Hey, everybody, I'm Kyle Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make the day make sense. And I am Kimberly Adams. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Today, we are going to do the usual. We're going to dive into some of the stories of the day slash weekend or what you might have missed over the long holiday. Because, yeah, we were gone for a couple days extra. Uh, Then we'll talk about a story or two that made us smile. So, uh, first of all, how was your uh, holiday or days off, Kai? It was it was very nice. It was very nice. We had all uh, four kids in the house for the first time in a very long time. So it was kind of crowded, but it was great. It was great. What about you? Yeah, it, was nice. it was good. I actually chilled quite a bit. Um, I stayed in town and it was actually kind of glorious to not have to cook anything or clean up anything mm-hmm. and just do a real chill Thanksgiving. Because I mean, like I'm, as you know, I do holidays quite extensively. <laughs> I'm that person yes, who yes, has, yes, do. in her life, made a turducken, yep. like, for real. Oh, my God. Have um, you really? We actually talked about that. I have. Yeah, yeah, years oh, wow. and years ago. Um, but, no, oh. this year I was just like, you know what? No, I'm just going to chill and relax. It was great. I did go for a 10-mile hike, though, which made me feel very good about good myself. Good for you. Good for you. You worked it I all off. I still hurt. I still hurt, but that's, that's okay. Right. Uh, anywho, okay. what are your news fixes? Let's talk about the news. <laughs> All right. So uh, the one is is a global story. And I know sort of when we started doing these news fixes long, long ago, it was, you know, stories that were getting drowned out uh, because of all the pandemic coverage. But I I really need to make sure that everybody doesn't sleep on these protests going on in China, Um, not just for what they mean domestically with the Chinese. And we'll see what kind of response uh, the government has over the weekend. Right. Because it's coming. It's just a question of when and in what magnitude, but also what it means for the global economy, because. Uh, forget stocks today, right? Stocks were cranky today because, oh my goodness, what if? But but look, the Chinese zero COVID policy and those continued unpredictable and, and extremely harsh lockdowns are actually jamming up the Chinese economy domestically, but also internationally. And so it's worth keeping an eye on what's going to happen uh, as Xi Jinping responds to these protests and what that means. Because look, it's the second biggest economy in the world and you can't just not pay attention to it and and that's what we got to do that's just and it's not just jamming up the economy it's jamming up people's lives people's lives are oh yeah excuse me put on standstill i mean and i think one of the triggers was that there was a fire and some people were trapped inside of a building Mm -hmm. and and the allegations were that they were stuck in there because of a covid lockdown some of the people who died. I cannot recommend enough that you all go and check out our colleague Jennifer Pack's coverage of Mm -hmm. what these lockdowns are really like, what the zero COVID policy is like, and also her Instagram, because she's been covering these protests from Shanghai and has been talking to people on the street. And so you can really get a beat on what's happening. Her handle on Instagram, which is really the place to get it, is Radio, J-P-A-K Radio on Instagram. Uh, And she's great there. She's great there. And if you've been following her for a while, you know she's done the whole lockdown thing with the hotels and food and all that she has. And she was out on the streets yesterday and over the weekend. And there's some, it's just, it's just wild. Just wild. Uh, So that's that. Uh, Story number two, I'm going to use up my self-imposed weekly quota of Elon Musk stories on a Monday Because I just I I don't want to pay attention to it, but it's such a train wreck that that you can't not pay attention to it. So here's the deal. Musk tweeted out today that Apple says it's going to stop advertising on Twitter and won't tell us why. 
So number one, this really matters for Twitter because in the first quarter, Apple spent almost $50 million advertising. It's about 4% of the company's revenue. And if you're in as bad a jam as Elon Musk is trying to run Twitter and service all that debt, $50 million is real money. So that's item number one. Item number two is, gosh, Elon Musk, richest man in the world and often hailed as a genius. Could it be because you've taken off all of the guardrails? And now (laughs) the racists and the misogynists and the deniers, and you name it, are back. Could that be why? Sorry, that was my Monday uh, Elon Musk rant. God. <laughs> um, we have a conversation coming up on tech. Uh, I, be- it's, I believe it's tomorrow, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think it's tomorrow. Uh, where we were talking about you know, some of the changes at Twitter and how it's affecting sex workers and their ability mm. to use that platform. But one of the things that came up in our research was this report from Media Matters for America, which found that 50 of the top 100 advertisers on Twitter have already left the platform or are just, Mm. they haven't announced that they're leaving, but they're just not, they don't seem to be advertising anymore. And so, yeah, that that place is hemorrhaging money and it wasn't exactly super profitable uh, to, you know, before Musk bought it. And now there are reports that they didn't make payroll in some offices in Europe. Did you see that? No, no, I missed that. What happened? Yeah, that well, that they didn't pay people, and so uh, they're still trying to catch up. I guess that, that some some of the offices in Europe, people just didn't get paid, and they may have been made good by now. But that kind of stuff is not exactly how you want to be running a wow. major international no. platform. No. To put it mildly, no, that said, it, I, I can't. It's not help even it. how you want to be of... running a mom and pop. I mean, come on, it's, no. please. Sorry, but anyway, I can't help but notice got? that both both of our make me smiles come from Twitter. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, know. I know. Anyway, but before we get to that, my news fixes is this really fascinating story in the New York Times about public lands in this country and who gets to access them. And I'm not talking about your Yellowstones or your, you know, National Mall here in DC or Mm-hmm. the parks that everybody can get into, but all of this land that is owned by the federal government that is technically public land that is either blocked off or bounded by or difficult to access except through or sometimes squeezing just by private property. And with a bunch of new apps and one app in particular that they uh, highlight in this New York Times story called Onyx, people now can really see where these property lines are and exactly what portions are public and what portions are private. And this matters a lot to people who are hunting or outdoors people who maybe just wanna hike or trek or dirt bike or whatever. And in Wyoming, there's this huge fight happening over whether or not if you have property, like imagine a checkerboard, right? And Mm -hmm. one square is owned by somebody who's private and the next square is owned by the government. Another square, private, another square, government. You can stay on public property by basically diagonally going from one 
parcel mm -hmm. to another, but you're basically threading a needle in between somebody's two corners of their private land. Right. And so these private landowners don't want people doing that. And they're saying it's trespassing, even though it's public lands. And there are all these court fights and lawsuits and fines and things like that. But it's highlighting all of these places where people should have the right to access certain places, but they don't. And when I posted it in Slack today, people were talking about how, you know, this is happening in Puerto Rico with beaches. This is happening in Hawaii, again, with beaches or with, you know, rainforests and things. Or in California, I think it's happening as well, where you have private property sort of mm -hmm. blocking public access to public property. And this was a really yep. interesting look at it. Yeah. Um, totally fascinating. Yeah, it's big It's big with beaches yeah. out here, actually. That's the big, mm -hmm. the big brouhaha. The very yeah. big brouhaha. Yeah. Right, because you have these super expensive beachfront mm -hmm. properties and mm -hmm. they want their private beach, yep. but it's not their beach. Yep. Uh, exactly. But I mean, exactly. I even know people around here who have, you know, property that backs up against a state park and mm -hmm. they don't own the state park, but you can't really get to it except through somebody's backyard. And so what do you right. do? Yep. All right. My other story is a Supreme Court case that is coming up in term. The decision is expected this spring. I believe the arguments have already happened. But it's about whether or not people who have had their Medicaid benefits denied can basically take their states or, you know, states or local governments to court saying that they were unfairly denied federal benefits. Hmm. So this could, and I'm reading from this story in uh, State Line, the court's decision expected in the spring could have profound effects for tens of millions of beneficiaries of federal safety net programs, including those that provide health care, housing, education services, and heating aid. If the court rules against hmm. the estate of Talvesky, I believe, Participants in many federal entitlement programs could lose the right to go to court when they believe a state, city, or county has violated their rights in the administration of those programs. So if somebody was denied Medicaid benefits or a child with disabilities wasn't screened for lead poisoning or somebody mm -hmm. who should have qualified for food stamps but didn't get it. And this is a big deal for the federal safety net. So just wanted to flag that case for people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we're doing a lot of flagging today, which I think is good. I think <laughs> yes, kind of that's it's a good thing to do on a Monday. Flag, flags, yeah. flags. At least yeah. not red flags. All right. All right. Uh, smiles. Yes. And now for our Twitter smiles. <laughs> I know, right? Twitter. Know. Twitter is still the source of a lot. Well, of I, Twitter's just where I grabbed this one, but I saw it happening. I was watching Portugal Uruguay uh, today in the World Cup. Uh, and play stopped for what we couldn't really tell was going on. And then, of course, you realize that there's some kind of protest happening because they, they don't show that on the TV. And the announcer said, somebody's running across the field or whatever. So it turns out, and remember, we've talked about this before, right? Qatar, 
very restrictive uh, government and the whole thing with the beer. And we talked about all that and uh, LGBTQ people and all that stuff. Anyway, somebody ran across the field of this very high profile game today. Number one, holding a rainbow flag. Number two, wearing a T-shirt that on the front said, stand with Ukraine. And number three said uh, on the back, respect for Iranian women. So this person, this guy was doing the trifecta on, listen, I'm going to just go all out in front of a global television audience and we're going to make these points. And I'm sure he was, I'm, I'm sounding more flipped than I need to be. I'm sure he was subsequently arrested by the Qatari authorities and is now uh, in a world of hurt, but he took a stand and it was public and it was kind of wild and good for him. There have been some reports that the uh, Iranian national, Iranian national team, that their families have been hearing not great things from government officials after their protest at the World Cup. Oh, where they yeah. They refused to yeah. sing the yeah. national anthem of yeah. Iran um, in solidarity mm -hmm. with the protesters. So totally. there is that. It's a big deal. Okay. It's a big deal. I, I guess that's right, kind of a smiley. Mine's super smiley. Yeah, kind of, well, okay. look, I mean, you know, it's, it's the, the <laughs> yes. fact that this guy had that, you know, did the thing. Yes, that is a good thing that people are standing up. Uh, this is super techie, but I found this delightful thread on Twitter because Twitter still has some good things uh, from someone named Michelle Huang, who trained an AI chat bot on her childhood journal entries. And she says, oh so God. that I could engage in real time dialogue with my inner child. So this person kept diaries for about 10 years, writing almost every day, she says about her dreams, fears and secrets. The content ranged from complaining about homework to the giddiness I felt from talking to my crush. Some days were, were very mundane, some rather insightful. And in this thread, she includes some of the exchanges that she had with this chat bot, where she was basically talking to herself as a kid and it's Whoa. really cool like first of all it tells Whoa. you about the power of ai and how realistic these chatbots are but you know at, it's sort of like what do you think of the world young michelle i think the world is amazing and there's so much to learn and explore i also think it's important to make a difference in the world and to be kind and understanding to others and later on she gives wow. the bot a chance to ask her question and young Michelle says, I guess I'm curious about how you turned out after all those journal entries. It sounds like you went through a lot of tough times when you were younger. Did you end up following your dreams? Are you happy with where you are in life? It's really nice. And, you know, mm. we talk a lot about how scary AI can be, but mm -hmm. I, I think this is really cool and could potentially be something that other people do to kind of do a little healing. You know, hmm. Hmm. it's super it's cool. Wild. Some of these transcripts are wild. It's a long thread. Yeah. You should read it. Oh, well, you want to do the other one or are you going to are you going to pass? It <laughs> oh, on? yeah, I totally forgot about the other one. Uh, let's see. What was it? I forgot. Oh, yes, of course. Decorations, holiday decorations, White House holiday decorations are up. And I just always think it's nice when they don't look scary as they have sometimes in the past. Um, <laughs> but this year, <laughs> don't look scary. Uh, and they, you know, the theme this year is um, We the People, which was chosen by the First Lady. And one of the really cool things is there's a tree decorated with self-portraits 
done by students of the 2021 Teachers of the Year from across the oh, country. Cool. And that's I thought cool. that was pretty yeah. cool. That made me smile. That is very cool. That is that is very yes. cool. It's a good smile. Yeah. Uh, all right. That so that's it for us for today. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to do tech on the Tuesday show. Uh, lots of growth over the past couple of years in tech, as you know. Now lots of layoffs, more than 100,000 or so if you add them all up. Um, so we're going to talk about what's driving those cutbacks and what it's going to mean for the wider economy and where things might go from here. So tune in. Yes, tune in. Please do. And before we go, it is a, also the time of year, not just for holiday decorations, but also hopefully for some giving. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday, and it is a global day of giving to causes we care about, and we hope that we're one of them for you. If you are in a position to give, the Marketplace Investors Challenge Fund is going to match your gift twice over. So that means, because we like to do the numbers here, $25 donation becomes 75 50 becomes 150 100 becomes 300 It's all written down because you know not all of us are great at math. <laughs> but as usual, uh, the Make Me Smart listeners can get in on this match early. If you go to marketplace.org slash give smart as early as today, you can follow the link in the show notes and we will make sure that your gift is included. Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera and Courtney Bergsicker. Today's program is engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Ellen Rolf is, writes our newsletter. Bridget Bodner is our senior producer when she's not working on Million Bazillion. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital over here. What do you think an AI chatbot of yourself as a kid would say to you? I, I, I have no desire to talk to myself when I was a kid. I just, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.